Good morning, listeners. It is Wednesday. What day is it? Second of March. <laughs> hey. The days are blurring to one, listeners. Um, you're listening to Soapbox, as ever, with me, David Kerr, and opposite Mark McCauley. No, introduced ourselves in a while. We just assume that you know us by now. Assumed knowledge. It's nice to, to keep you up to speed with, with who we are. Let you know whose voice is whose if you're a new, uh, a new listener. So we don't particularly have much for you in the way of prepared content, so we'll take any <clears throat> requests, ideas, suggestions, topics, anything you want, get in touch with us on Shoutbox through the iPhone app, or text, phone, uh, email, carrier pigeon or smoke signalers, and we'll talk about you and whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, we've had complaints, haven't we? Remarks, complaints... People not happy with with the content, aye. That we don't engage with the listeners when really, pretty much that's all we do. Exactly. We welcome your input. Um, first things. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is this fashion designer guy again. We've pilloried him for the last few days, not because he's a fascist or a racist. It's his name, but mo- John Galliano. But more fundamentally, because he's a thundering idiot. Uh, he. He reckons he loves Hitler. I don't think he even knows who Hitler is. I, I don't I think if you pressed him on uh, was that national guy, socialist that politics... guy that was in the silent films that I used to watch. Aye. I think if you really pushed him on national socialist politics in the 30s, he would struggle 
wildly. Anyway, he is in the metro. Not just really the, the metro, just really dragging it up. Um, but underneath the article is a picture of one of his creations, an in inverted commas. The metro have saw fit to to inflict upon the world, and I'm going to show it to Mark. It is essentially a suitcase tied to the head of a model <laughs> who has glasses drawn <laughs> on her face. As an actual suitcase tied to the head, <laughs> like she's wearing it as a hat. The kind of thing a five-year-old would, would get just iced for. Before they, they realise the concept of clothing. But this is... <laughs> just strapping items to yourself. Aye. Aye, just cl- cl- garbing yourself in items. And this is allegedly a creation, it looks like. That was applauded as some... It looks like the work of a lunatic to me. Somebody strapping a suitcase. He's also... The suitcase is covered in newspaper... And the headline is his name, or the title of the paper is his name. So there's a healthy dose of narcissism in there as well. That's like our bra gas masks. Aye. Utterly pointless. Who's going to go, oh, I'm leaving this, I'm going to a party, what will I do? I'll tie a suitcase to my head. Paul came up with a fantastic idea to infiltrate the fashion industry. I don't think it'd be hard at all. I don't mean in a kind of Bruno type of way, I just mean in an actual bringing out a product and marketing it. Right. But I'm not going to repeat it on air. Oh, you have but to it, know. it is absolute genius. You have to know you've you've given us a no because it will impute some sense. Of Give us a a hint, hint to it. It's a underwear range. All oh, right. What type of underwear? It's a certain type of underwear. Just tell us, nobody's listening. Is it un- is it unpalatable for the listeners at eight in the morning? No, it's just incredibly strange, and then. Well, three listeners. Everybody will kind of go do the whole thing. Uh, why? Why were you talking about that sort of thing? Right, they know why. We're part of fashion. Tell us. It was <laughs> nickels for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. I know why you don't want to talk about it now. Aye. Underwear for dogs. Yeah. I actually can't remember why that came up, but we found this absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know why it came up. But, um, yeah. Bras and nickels for your dogs. Some people are that way inclined. Some people so you're catering for a niche market. Are that way inclined. And I, I think if you marketed it as fashion, it would it would go down. The wee tiny, tiny wee dogs people care about in their pockets, would they'd kick them out in pants and bras. <laughs> I'm sure. There's, there's literally knee lengths you couldn't push it to. I don't think. If you've seen Bruno, there's, there is knee length that you couldn't push it to. <laughs> Fashion, Easter is reckoning that they've got the most important job in the world and and how hard that is. Uh, and we've lost a listener. We've lost a listener. Presumably somebody's enrolled in some fashion course in here. A way to design underwear for animals. Our constant. I thought have tuned out our constant pillory and either chosen profession. Uh, big, the big headline in the paper today, well, maybe not in the Metro, <laughs> or in the uh, I. It's been shifted in a few pages, but... We go over the proper independent. Colonel Gaddafi, he's not realised yet that it's time to move on. There's an interesting wee game on the Guardian website 
and it's uh, whose line is it anyway? Gaddafi versus that. Sheen. We play it, play it online, we play it on there. Okay. So basically, the the whole premise is: can you distinguish between, or can you tell who made these remarks? I get eight out of ten. I've seen it, right, let's play it. Okay, so, first one, quote, I have defeated this earthworm with my words. Imagine what I would have done with my fire-breathing fists. You kind of gave this one away yesterday. That's Charlie Sheen. Gaddafi Sheen. Easy one to start, that's Charlie Sheen. Okay. Your face will melt off and your children will weep (laughs) over your exploded body. Sheen or Gaddafi? That's Sheen. Sheen has a certain poetic quality, he's runs that Gaddafi... Remember this then? Speak the English in a certain language doesn't quite have. Life without dignity is worthless. Ooh. The rhetoric of a deposed or being deposed. Shouldn't it be deposed madman? Shouldn't it be deposed madman or or a shouldn't it be deposed madman? <laughs> Hollywood madman. Hollywood madman. Or a world leader madman. I'll go with I'll say that's Gaddafi. That's Gaddafi <coughs> building up to, to his defending of his children, his people, his, his My children. is a good guy, really. That's what I was saying. Um, I'm extremely old-fashioned. I'm a nobleman. I'm chivalrous. That would be... I'll go Gaddafi on that one. Okay. I am like the Queen of England. Uh, that's that's good, definitely Gaddafi. I am much bigger than any rank. For those who are talking about rank, I am a fighter. Gaddafi or Sheen? Oh, that's going to be Gaddafi. He's talking about ranks in the military, and he is a colonel. Is there no some kind of dispute over his military career? Um, I was listening to an interview, and it was someone when we were over there back in when? I can't remember. I had my kind of grasp on the history of. Libya and her involvement isn't great but there was some it was either like a British diplomat who had been over there at the time um, said that he was essentially a booze runner who'd skim off the top for his own kind of game Poor Gaddafi? Aye Back when he was running about in his wee camouflage shorts when he was just private Gaddafi? He used to run all the, the booze and cigarettes and various other things uh, between kind of bases when he was a mere private running around Libya smuggling fags. But I don't know... Just goes to show a bit of hard work by application and a complete flagrant disregard for the, the rights of the population. But just shows you where it'll get you. When I was at the BBC the other day, it was kind of, that was the archetypal route into the industry. So that he, he's kind of, <laughs> that's the blueprint. That's where they've got the blueprint Aye. for the rise to the top. Be a runner. Be somebody's lackey for a while. And spin yourself into power. Do you think with all these dictators getting deposed? Do you think when you take over a country by force, you kind of know in your heart of hearts it's not going to last forever? You're not going to die peacefully in your bed at 90. You're going to get deposed. So, in one way, 40 years is a good innings for these guys. I don't know. There's this. I think we were kind of talking about this last night, and there seems to be this thing where politicians or leaders. I don't know if it's a mindset that you develop ahead of going into your position or whether you do it while you're there but you become invincible in your own mind Aye, I think it's a combination I've been surrounded by yes men and lackeys and people fawning throwing 
total faith flowers in Flowers at your feet everywhere you walk. You're in power. But I reckon 40 years, you've got to see when you take over. Right, it's not going to always last. If I'm lucky, the end will be quick. 40 years is a good innings, I'm happy with that. I'll let her die in exile. I mean, they might still die in exile. He has, I mean, yeah, 40 years and then a WWF wrestling career in between. <laughs> That's, I like that reference, but that might go the heat to a lot of our listeners. For the benefit of the listeners, he's the spitting image of a former WWF superstar. Jimmy Superfly Isn't Snooker. He, he's wrestler Superfly, and he's the spitting They even dressed the same. <laughs> they clad themselves in animal print from time to time. Well, Superfly Snooker did it all the time, but Gaddafi's no stranger to a bit of leopard print. Anyway, on with the game, see okay. what I get. Every great movement begins with one man. Oh, that's Charlie Sheen. Think so? Um, what would Charlie Sheen's movement be? Well, he's part of this 9/11 truth thing. Ah, he? yeah, he's any crack. We'll say that's Gaddafi, and he's putting himself at the. You was Gaddafi. Gaddafi, the creation myth of Libya. Right. These resentments—they are the <coughs> rocket fuel that lives in the tip of my saber. Oh, got all the poetry and lyricism of a Sheenism. Okay. I woke up at 4 a.m. before dawn. You should be asleep. You're all tired after a sleepless night. Is that Gaddafi lecture on those who've been up on it protesting? Possibly. Maybe he's trying to play a wee bit of mind games there and the same way football managers do. Make them think about fatigue and then it becomes a self-perpetuating excuse. Ah. Kind of like what's happening with Rangers at the moment. Um, 9-11 was, in quotes, an absolute fairy tale, a complete work of fiction. Kind of give that Ooh. away already. So. Right, we'll go Sheen that one. I, I, I don't went Gaddafi there if you would mentioned Sheen's 9-11 truth. Mm-hmm. So we'll go Sheen. Okay, that was ten questions, and that was eight out of a possible ten. What ones did I get right? <coughs> First one, I've defeated this earthworm, fire-breathing fists. That's obviously Charlie Sheen and his insane ramblings for the past week. Um, face will melt off, children will weep over your exploded body. We can I spoke about that yesterday again? That Sheen. And what, she, Charlie, what was Charlie Sheen referencing with that quote? Can we just flag that up? It will be his... Um, and suing the legal battle against <coughs> CBS no, your face will melt off and your children will weep over your exploded right. body is what happens to you if you take the drug known as Charlie Sheen that's right <laughs> because this is him getting annoyed that he keeps having to give urine and blood samples with every interview because they think that he's out of his tree and something and he's actually no he's perfectly sober maybe he's better at his and that was his retort Yes, I'm on a drug. It's called Charlie Sheen. And he's the only man who can channel this power. He's the only man that can handle its effects. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing a good job. But, um, yeah, life without dignity is worthless. That was Gaddafi. Interesting. Uh, I'm extremely old-fashioned. Blah, blah, blah. That was Gaddafi. Sorry, that was Sheen. We answered Gaddafi, but that was Sheen, so we got it wrong. Gaddafi said that he's like the Queen of England. And... Sheen actually said every great movement begins with one man. Really? So there we go. I had attracted man so then there. Fodder for student essays for years to come. Charlie Sheen and CBS interview or whatever it was. Um, resentments, rocket fuel, tip of sabre. Sheen, Gaddafi was the one ranting about waking up at 4am. And Sheen again said that 9-11 was a fairy tale. So we did quite well. Yeah, yeah, a 10 just flipping through the paper there's a two page spread on pornography by by Jackie Smith 
And it's all one embracing your failures and attacking things head on. If you've done wrong, I'm off for attacking it head on. Off the top of my head, like <coughs> George Michael releasing an album called Ladies and Gentlemen and acknowledging it and attacking, getting getting your retaliation in first. But Jackie Smith, really? Really? You have to explain why this is um, <coughs> fairly... Jackie Smith and or her husband and or her adolescent son and or other people connected to her. <laughs> Allegedly, or did they? Can we say they did, they did, didn't they? They did because they, did. they were caught. They were caught red-handed, uh, for want of a better expression, having charged pornography to a hotel bill and claiming it back on expenses during the expenses scandal last year. She had to make a cringing public appearance... Aye. Apologising for it, or did she get the husband to kind of appear alongside? They they kind of fudged it, and the they, they, they then made a ham-fisted attempt to say, but it's healthy and it's legitimate, and everybody does it, and well, we're such a modern couple. But then it kind of died out. But she's decided to get a retaliation and stick first. her head above the parapet again. By now, she's engaged in some season. She's written some season of documentaries about pornography, but I'm not sure it's it's a good idea for. An ex-politician, they so openly embrace what they're doing. Are it, maybe it's justificatory. She's saying, "Look, it's actually not that bad." What is Jackie Smith doing right now? Front of the documentary about Paul. Apart from that, uh, was she forced to resign? I believe. Aye. So, is this a? I need to get back in the limelight again. Aye, by so attacking head on what she done. Literally embarrassed themselves. Yep. That's. So you should probably just let it lie. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to play a song. What we're we going to play? Uh, I was going to play Jeff's on airplane. Excellent. And Stop, children. What's that sound? There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speaking their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down A field day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and carrying signs Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Into your life it will creep 
hearts when you're always afraid Step out of line, the man come and take you away We better stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going on bit of Jefferson airplane which never goes amiss Um okay Daily Mail what have they done now? Oh, no just it's I always like to remind myself of the level with these people or this paper but um one of the stories that I've just plucked from the website is uh, Close Encounters of the Purred Kind Aliens spoke to us in a cat-like language claim Russian flight controllers. <laughs> what was that publication that used to come out? It was like Bizarre or something like that? Or something like the, the equivalent of like the National Enquirer for nut jobs? Uh, what was that? Uh, like 14 Times The 14 Times. The 14 Times is a reasonably well-established magazine that yeah. dealt with all. Something like that. But it, it dealt in complete untruth, but... Pure fringe. It, it would take rumours of ghosts and rumours of monsters and kind of dress them up in some plausibility. They did a programme for a while, the yeah. 14 times the programme, and I still love watching it. But then when you get a wee bottle done your eyes, it's complete untruth. But it's nice as a wee a story if you suspend your disbelief. It's people who elevate the elevated documentary status, though. Aye. Like, it's true because it's in print, that whole mentality. Kind of how the Daily Mail subsists on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. I, oh, I definitely. The, it's true because it's in print. Is their readers' creed? Mm-hmm. That's what. Yeah, that should be the tagline, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in print, therefore it's true. But yeah, the story is: air traffic controllers in Siberia claim they were buzzed by a high-speed UFO with a female-sounding alien who spoke in an unintelligible cat-like language. Mystery objects suddenly suddenly burst onto flight monitors over the remote Russian diamond capital of Yakutsk. Really? I quipped at the start of the show that if you need to tell me you're having close encounters of the third kind, reading their drivel. Apparently it was shown flying at a speed of slightly over 6,000 miles per hour. Now... Is our radar technology that advanced to pick up something that's travelling at 6,000 miles per hour? Uh, is that, am I just being highly ignorant here and is that just incredibly normal for... I would say so. How fast does a spacecraft have to go to leave the Earth's atmosphere? What's the escape velocity? Surely that must be travelling. I'm sure they can probably pick it up, but... We've got a helpful picture of UFOs as well. Looks like something that's created in Photoshop. I think a picture of a cat. Um, let's have a look. Just in case you don't get the they've idea of a picture, cat. Well, they've got a picture of that radar screen as part of the story. It's, you can actually tell how bad this is because there's more pictures than there is text. But um, you get a radar screen that kind of shows you what a screen looks like when something appears in it as a blip. Then they've got a picture of what looks like a fax machine. Then they've got some horrendous early 90s Photoshop efforts at making a UFO. And then they've got a it looks like a 1970s Channel 4 graphic of the globe telling you where Russia is. The, 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 <laughs> the, the infographics have to be seen to be believed, listeners. 
the 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 cat UFO things look like saucers turned upside down. <laughs> the uh, the whole thing is, and you, if you can't intuit the concept of Russia, you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, this is a quote. But I I'm, I believe there might be cats in space. I'm on board with that. Cats weak. have been in space since at least the eighties, cutting about with robots and holograms. <laughs> I thought you were going down like the Thundercats no, route. No, it's a, a reference to Red Dwarf, the listeners. Um, Ow! Aye. Anyway, this is, there's a quote for the story. It says, Radar shows UFO moving rapidly through the skies while surrounding planes in the air travel much slower. Uh, and this is a quote from one of the air traffic controls. I kept hearing some female voice as if a woman was saying meow meow all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Aye. Crack pottery. Go and buy the Daily Mail, it's brilliant. <laughs> Maybe he's just playing a recording of one of Jackie Smith's niche DVDs. <laughs> what else have the Daily Mail got? They must have something else today. They're, they're a, a source of never ending joy to us. The usual kind of peddling. Oh, there's a lot of scare stories coming out now, I don't know, about they, cannabis. They love it. They love the fear. Peddling. Fear and terror. Cannabis use doubles risk of psychosis for teenagers, is how it's kind of peddled on the the Daily Mail. In fact, all of them have picked it up, to be fair. But, um, yeah, does that mean there's some kind of bill or some debate upcoming about legalising cannabis again? And this is them getting in early, getting the message out to the masses. Aye. So that it's fresh in their mind that it <coughs> causes psychotic behaviour. Drugs are bad, okay? Yep. I don't know, there's nothing that's jumping out, funnily enough. But the, the uncritical acceptance of uh, UFOs as existing and dressing this up with an infographic. I mean, Betty Charlie Sheen believes in them. So with the Daily Mail, you get a lot of bang for your buck. You could just think it wedge a door open. It's thick, there's a lot of content in it. And you, us- guy, it's you usually get a free DVD. Uh, you get gone with the wind, the soundtrack or something if you're lucky, or some chitty chitty bang bang, ch- or some war documentary for the seventies. It's usually no bad, but the, there's all this guff, and then I had that in there. There's a the comment pieces where they espouse the real objection. That's, where the, that's where the poison is. <laughs> that's where the poison is. So you're flipping through, going, ah, maybe this isn't so bad. Don't know what these Fluff. guys. Love, don't love. know what these guys they're talking about it's just it's just journalism they're just writing <laughs> stories about nothing they'll take a press release and write 4,000 words about it about how eggs can cure river blindness and how <laughs> <laughs> how if you eat cheese you'll get cancer so you're just churning through this and then all of a sudden bang and anywhere comes one of their right wing ideologies. right wing horrendous um, columnists so you can, be you can actually hear the goose steps as they <laughs> type yep as you get closer and closer all of a sudden Liz Jones or uh, Melanie Phillips or something will leap off the page at you but by that point you've dulled your faculty so much that you'll take maybe it that's in. the whole point maybe there's a formula to the Daily Mail four pages of fluff that just Chur- journalism gen- just gently lulls you into the, the kind of pliable suggestible state and then Strategically placed at part of the paper, bang. There's some 
racist. It has a simply magnificent puzzle page. <laughs> you get four pages of crosswords and I don't dealing with Sudoku's and word puzzles. It's brilliant. That'll be the bit where they're building you back up after no, deconstructing you and putting you back together in a fashion. I've always thought you, you flip through it and you get to the middle. You think, I'll do the crossword. You do the crossword. You've rehoned your powers of critical thinking. You get back to the people. What am I doing? But they, they want you to do it sequentially. So uh, you're gone and you're been deconstructed. Then you get the message. And they build you back up and they image you that message. But the second yeah. half of the papers are the adverts and whatnot. So I think it's if you get to the middle and do the puzzles, you're a... Uh, I said, I want to investigate if there's a formula to the Daily Mail. That's interesting, you know. I think so. Mm-hmm. I had a good article. I think it might be in the Guardian about how the dangers of, of journalism, just taking press releases, taking statements, and just writing two or three thousand words about it, and copying and pasting large tracts of it to make it up. They're all guilty, yeah. Somebody studied it, <coughs> and uh, the mail came off the worst. Yeah. Seen like some 80% of articles sometimes were just cribbed. <laughs> Just cut and paste, plagiarised for press releases. But I'm not really plagiarising a press release because the idea is that that's, that gets it. So the company that are releasing this will statement are happy to, to get it out there. Any objections to any Johnny Cash? Nah, not for me, mate. I like a bit of Johnny Cash. No, we may have heard this already. But, uh, this is The Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names. And he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, 100 million angels singing. Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum. Voices calling, voices crying. Some are born and some are dying. It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come. And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree. The virgins are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. 
The wise men will bow down before the throne And at his feet they'll cast their golden crowns When the man comes around Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still Listen to the words long written down When the man comes around Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree The virgins are all trimming their wicks The whirlwind is in the thorn tree It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks in measured a hundredweight and penny pound When a man comes around Welcome back, that was Johnny Cash and The Man, com the man Comes Around The Man Comes Around Another story, this isn't the Daily Mail and all. This nicely illustrates the dichotomy between uh, rational thought and opinions stirred up by media outlets. Gamu, a wee lassie from Zimbabwe, I don't know if she was from Zimbabwe, um, but she's been in the country for a couple of years and she went on X Factor. Uh, then get threatened with deportation, well, when I say threatened, I think it's in the pipeline, she's getting... Set back to Zimbabwe. She is. It's confirmed that she will be deported to Zimbabwe because her mother was refused a visa. Right. So the mother's been refused a visa. It says in the Metro that her mother had was, was wrongly claiming benefits, benefit cheat, and they're essentially in the country illegally. Yet the Mail and the Metro and the Sun are defending it. Her entry on X Factor cured her asylum application. Now I'm not saying the last should get sent back. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um. But the problem isn't the way the specifics are hounding this wheel actually the country. The problem is Britain's asylum and immigration policy and the media perception of it. The way it's stoted up to be a real problem. Yet there's a public outcry because she's getting sent back because she was on this reality TV programme. What about the other thousands who have been sent back undeservedly? And they don't get the same <clears throat> public support because they've not been on the telly. It just exposes complete hypocrisy in the media and I'm just wondering where the or the tub thumpers are now she's she's ever in the Daily Mail on the Sun hey? mm -hmm. she's an illegal immigrant benefit cheat yet because the wee lassie was a chanter and she's put on one of these programmes she's a, a face now she's not an illegal immigrant claiming benefits she's a face she's no longer an unperson an unperson she's now a, a celebrity and inverted commas. 
So she gets the right to stay. They don't care. It's just a story to them. But it's the the, the public perception. She gets all this support and there's all the public outcry. She's for Glasgow to be last year. She's living in Glasgow, you know. Uh, I don't know, but it says she's doing a tour of clubs singing. She's she's in Scotland. She's based in Scotland. Even the Times are at her when it all first came out. Um, so uh, she's got a right to stay. Now, what about the other thousands are undeserving? The thousands are deserving. Applicants who are getting sent back. Their their plates not being trumpeted in the media. And quite the opposite, in fact. The Sun and the Daily Mail and their readers are saying, get them out, get them back, get these people out of our country, take their jobs, all that rhetoric. Yet as soon as one becomes a celebrity, it's a total vault face and her asylum process is trumpeted and the injustice of Britain's asylum and immigration and the, the wrongfulness of sending people back to be persecuted is exposed. But in, the, in any other day in any other person, it's an unqualified bad that people are here. That we're gaining shelter to people who are being persecuted. A, a noble. Um, the only difference cons- in this situation is that they're going to get copy out of the story. They don't care about the potential human rights abuses that she's going back to face. Allegations or statements along the lines of that they're going to face a firing squad when they get back, which is horrendous. Um, the newspapers don't care about that. Don't care about the the human rights aspect of things. They don't care about her. They don't care about anything. All they're getting out of this is copy. So, d- do you think that's the the newspapers' agenda? It's all about copy. I just think uh-huh. there's something there insidious behind it, like the general persecution of immigrants that exists in the media. That there's an underlying editorial slant in any newspaper, whether it be left leaning or right leaning, but. The uh, the thousands of other asylum seekers in this country or people applying for asylum, they don't have the mileage in a story that these Aye. newspapers can utilise the Aye, way that she has. The, ca- the case has been assessed in the merits. It's been assessed on the basis that she was in a talent show, mm-hmm. uh, and that somehow makes her more deserving. That's, that's the story the could have been used to highlight the wrongs in Britain's asylum and immigration and expose it and I dare say there is journalists and newspapers out there that are going to want to talk about that but I've yet to read it and it's a thundering thundering hypocrisy that just in the, it's an affront to logic and it's double think that one day the sun will print immigrants here taking their, taking their jobs <clears throat> then in the next presumably reality TV contestants only as protected as, as white van man that sun trumpets we get a, a classic kind of example of the double think from our good lecturer William yesterday talking about Daily Mail and how they this, are, the, the they're, they're at the, the vanguard of this drive towards repeal human rights, get rid of it, get <laughs> off our lands, that whole rhetoric that is coming out of Westminster now. And at the same time, they won a legal challenge yesterday. Yep. They were taken to court over a couple of claims that were made in the comments section of a Daily Mail article that were libelous. Mm-hmm. And the they're not liable for the they're not liable. Comment- and they don't have to gee up the comment- uh, yeah. commenters. And the decision was reached yes. on the basis of an individual's right to a private life under the <laughs> European Convention of Human Rights. So the Daily Mail used... The ECA charter hated human rights laws to, to their advantage. advantage. However, um, I can't, as was rightfully predicted um, by her esteemed lecturer, 
there's nothing no mention there. has been made of this <laughs> victory. Uh, I can't see anything, but to be fair, the Daily Mail website is an assault on the senses. Mind destroying hypocrisy in it. It's it's just an affront to logic and thinking. Uh, but this, this, this brings us to a segue into the talk last night. It's part of the series of lectures that was run by the Law Society and in conjunction and association brought to us by uh, Chris McCorkendale. Last night was the culmination and it was Daniel Carey of Public Interest Lawyers discussing UK government torture and unlawful killing. All the stuff that they're all feared to talk about. Aye. The kind of stuff that when you're telling someone about it they look at you like you're Charlie Sheen on a conspiracy <laughs> run. What, aye, the government's complicity in just it's and torture. No, I can't just turn around and say that I felt vindicated, but I, I just felt last night hearing somebody that standing talking about these things in such an authoritative way that they actually exist and actually are yeah. perpetrated. Mm-hmm. Aye, and there's evidence for this. Yeah. Um, at, at a point to make on it, the, the, we also did a, a reply from Elaine Webster from Strathclyde University, which was very illuminating mm-hmm. um, and coloured in a lot of the gaps. About how torture actually happens. Is it is there an edict from on high? Does the, the Prime Minister say, right, we need to get this information, torture them? Or is an order issued by the government? And by the time this is Chinese whispered down the chain, get intelligence and prevent bombings is the order. By the time that's Chinese whispered down the chain, in order to affect those results by the time it gets to the very bottom, you're having to torture individuals. Is it as banal as that? Is it rather than evil? Is it bureaucracy and procedure leading to evil? I read a theory for uh, an essay I wrote last year um, by two sociologists and Hannah Arendt's thought, who Chris McCockendale wrote a book on, kind of tied in with that uh, Goebbels and his ilk were, rather than evil men, much of the Nazi regime was, they were just pen-pushing bureaucrats. Who were who were in all intents and purposes procedures? Who were in all intents and purposes law-abiding citizens? <clears throat> they paid their taxes. They didn't commit any crimes under the law as it happened. They were perfectly law-abiding, but they affected policy in such a way as to commit the worst crimes imaginable. So the policy is to get rid of the Jewish population in Germany. Oh, that's by design, but. Aye. It's insulating each level of the process so that they don't think about the atrocities that they're committing. That's it. It's the thing. The theory is called techniques and neutralisation, where you say it's no me that's doing it. I'm following orders. These people are not really people. You other the the victim. Uh, you adopt all these stances so that procedure and bureaucracy leads to evil. Obviously, there is sadists involved in some level of the chain. You can't torture. A captured uh, Iraqi citizen to death without some level of safety. You don't do it because you're told you do it because you enjoy it in some level. But generally speaking, the, the whole thing can be explained by banality. By it's it's a procedural thing, which is slightly more chilling to me. That an order that can be done in such a detached manner. Detached manner. There's no um, the architects of the final solution weren't they acting with evil aforethought. 
They just wanted to affect some economic policy and it manifested itself in torture. This might sound, listeners, as if I'm advocating the policies of the Third Reich. I'm not. I'm criticising them. It's just a theory that's been espoused. I don't know. I think... I'd appoint to make about the media as well in that, but I can't have the life me remember <laughs> where I was going with that. You are saying the media are complicit? It was coming back to Gamu as well. I can't remember. They're complicit in this perpetuation of unpeople. Aye. This somehow. concept of unpeople. People are less deserving of rights than others. Aye, what level on the chain? Who says talks to that guy? Or is it just a case of, right, get this information? By the time it gets to the squad, he doesn't know what to do. So he just puts a guy in stress positions and waterboards him. I don't know. I'm hesitant to talk about the military. Um because I don't know anything about how it works, really. But other than what we've read in Commando comics. Yeah, Commando comics. Are know, so heroic and movies. Heroic, heroic and noble. Yeah. But the the chain of command stuff and orders being handed down and all that stuff, I don't really know how it works, but I can see how I don't policy like this, like if it's policy to torture or it was until they came out and had to officially disavow it, but um, I, I can see that quite easily going from the top to the bottom. And then there's the Jack Nicholson driving, I think it's the Jack Nicholson yeah. speech. You don't know what it's like, you can't say there's bullets flying, you can't possibly know what that's like, we need to get results. Is that justification? Is that somehow the, the military credo is different for... For everybody else, I don't doubt it is. I mean, you're putting yourself in extremely dangerous situations that sometimes experience takes over, but mm-hmm. I don't know. One thing I thought that I didn't get <coughs> a chance to say, Dan, while last night is, and it's prob- this is probably a credit to the government as well, but throughout history, in most regimes, he's, he's usually the first guy to get killed. That guy, the guy that's helping people sue the government and stirring up for the rights of other people, he would, in, in most regimes throughout history, I was thinking about he'd that. have been the first guy to go. Like, going to other places and doing the kind of work that Daniel does. And it's very, very, very noble. Very noble. But I was just thinking, in what parts of the world is that really dangerous? Aye. If some military junta swung into power in Britain tomorrow, he'd be the first guy to go. Him and others that are in the same line of work. I'm sure in Libya and Egypt, 40 years ago, guys like him were right at the top of the list. When so it is, came that, is that a tick on the side of the, the British government? Both, it's bravery uh, on his part in uh, undertaking a noble cause, and a worthy cause and line of work. But at the same time, it is... Well, we're p- pillaging the government for okay and torture. Some acknowledgement. They, they at least pay <laughs> for they pay to be sued through legal aid, Aye. which I think is quite. I'd never thought of it that way. Uh, they pay people to sue them. Aye, so you've got to tip your hat in that. Whatever you think of them, you've got to tip your hat for that and say, okay, well, they can't be all bad then. At least if, at least in familiar terms with concepts like the rule of law. Well, this might just be part of the whole pencil pushing process, bureaucracy. Maybe it is. Well, they just they, they receive legal aid application and they process it, but in a detached manner. Uh, usually, these guys like 
Danner the, f- uh, the first to go. I'm sure in Stalin's Russia, they didn't tolerate that type of that type of behaviour. Sue the government? What? <laughs> Good like for you. I'm going to take a, a bit of a leap here and be derided by our listeners and probably you sitting here the now. But um, I'm going to play a song that you're probably going to hate. What are you going to play? You see. Right, go for it. Radiohead and 2 and 2 equals 5 
So two plus two equals five. Appositely fits in. Yeah. To all the unthinkers. Unthinkers who like what we were talking about. Quite a kind of snide message. The snide on our part? No, I mean like why on our part? The song itself. Criticising all the people that quite happy Prefer. sitting in the comfort of their Daily Mail message sun the sun lives surrounded by fear anyway that's rant territory conspiracy territory Aye, blah, let's blah, blah. keep it light hearted for the next uh, 10 minutes or so give the listeners something good to go to work on so what are you saying about Dr Cox Professor, Professor Brian Cox, uh, the new show. I read an article about this guy in the Sunday Times. He was in D Ream, the nineties electro pop Things can band, only get better. Who are famed for New Labour's anthem, which I'm sure he bitterly regrets <laughs> being associated <laughs> with New Labour. Um, never intended to address this, but I'm sure it's a source of deep, deep regret to the band. Um, <laughs> I wonders of the solar system, and it looks like it's going to be excellent and worth tuning into. Is that not been on? Uh, th- this is another. Wonders of the Solar System, is that not the one that you... Wonders of the Universe or something, there's another uh, show in the same um, series of shows, uh-huh. if you know what I mean. Uh, and it's, it's about encouraging people to engage with science. With science. Because the, the article says that people don't have any idea what science actually means. And he's talking about how some people will say, ah, I, I don't believe in the laws of conservation of mass. It can't be true without ever having read about it. The Eyes for Qualifications Brigade. Look at it and go, nah, it can't possibly be true. He says, well, actually, I think you'll find this. Um, and <laughs> he lays into uh, people like that. So I, it's... He's on message with us. He's an honorary soapboxer. We're going to convey his, his status to him. We'll let him know. Have, uh, have you got a picture of him? Yeah. In there? He's in the metro. Yeah. Um, so now people don't understand the scientific method that theories are posited, tested, and if they don't work out and are later proven to be untrue, they're completely disregarded. That's what science is. It's testing hypotheses and testing evidence. People think it's um, some great mystery. Did you watch the, the show that he did? You should also read Ben Goldacre in The Guardian who writes a column called Bad Science if you're the least bit interested in this. He's very good. Um, his book's excellent. Pretty, pretty self-regarding but mm. his book's very good. I think I, I did follow him on Twitter. But he's past tense. I. He's pretty hard to to follow on Twitter. They're pretty quite preachy. Probably does, to be fair. <laughs> but uh, I still follow him on Twitter. I read his book and it's very good. P- Professor Cox's um, that show that he did was all in an attempt to make it more accessible to people, and um, I thought it was excellent. I didn't see it. I don't get the chance to watch much telly at all. It was only about a year ago, maybe more. But I saw the first ten minutes of the first episode of Human Planet there, mate, before I passed unconscious through tiredness, and it looks excellent. I'm looking forward to sitting and watching that in its entirety. 
so you just don't get a chance to to watch telly, and that will extend to tonight's various matches. How about starting in the night? I thought there was a derby or two on. Aye. Aye. Let's just give the fixtures, Dave, for information's purposes. Everybody knows. It's the fifth in a series of seven old fun games this season. So if you've ever had it harboured any de- desire to go and see an old firm game, is it for a neutral perspective? This is the season because come the seventh, nobody's going to want to go. <laughs> it's the people are going to be tired of it because you have to buy a ticket for nearly everyone. If you're a season ticket or drivers of Park Kids, you only get two. Seriously, but you only get two league games. Oh, the home ones. Yeah, home you get two home league games. So if you're a dedicated fan, that's five tickets times forty quid you have to find on top of your four or five hundred pound season ticket. So I dare say the people who will be thoroughly enjoying this semester will be the bean counters at Ibrox and Parkgate, mm. who will be absolutely delighting in the fact that there's these games. I'll beat one of them at Hamden, but you get the point. Well, it's 8.58. The football chat cost is a listener. It's also the Madrid derby tonight. How? It's Atletico Madrid and Getafe. League game or? League. Atletico and Getafe. That's kind of like the, the wee Madrid derby. Aye. The kind of one that nobody cares about. That's the one where Atleti bullied Getafe in the same way they're bullied by Real Madrid. <laughs> so it's a good chance to inflict misery on lesser rivals. Anyway, that is 8.58. We're going to play it in the song we played out yesterday. Make it a wee bit of a theme. We'll make it a theme. It was Ivory Tower you by Giorgio Moroder. You are the listeners. We are the soapbox. We will see you same time, same place, different day. You're welcome. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.